It is Tuesday, October 18th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The Chargers survive on Monday Night Football. And we've got to wait another day to see who advances to the ALCS. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. L.A. Chargers need overtime but move to 4-2 and two with a 19-16 win over the Denver Broncos. The ALDS Game 5 postponed to today. The Yankees and Guardians will play as well as Game 1 of the NLCS between the Phillies and the Padres. But A.J., the Vegas lead? It's going to be Monday night football. It's going to be Monday night football and not the best Justin Herbert performance, but it was good enough to outduel Russell Wilson. And the Broncos, again, in prime time, put up a, a game that nobody wants to watch. The Broncos might have the best defense in the NFL. Like it, they, it, You can make a real argument for it, but their offense is so poor that it's hard to see this team doing anything. Joining us this morning, as he does each and every Tuesday morning, is the only two-time winner of the Super Contest, Mr. Steve Fezzik. Fez, I'm surprised that you're awake after last night's snooze fest. You know, I was rooting for everyone to go down with their survivor picks on the Chargers because I'm still alive in Circa Survivor, and there was about uh, 40 individuals that were staring down the down barrels. Down to 380-something entries now, I think. Staring down the barrels of a possible elimination tie as we got deeper into overtime. One can argue there is no worse way to get bounced from a survivor contest than a tie, but ultimately the Chargers pull it out in a very ugly game. If if Denver doesn't have the best defense in the league, who does have the best defense? Buffalo. I mean, You're I, just telling me about every one of their guys injured. And, and Yet they still find a way, don't they? Well, if they have the best defense, they're going to win the Super Bowl because they. it's very rare that a team with like a top, a top two offense and a top, <laughs> top defense, two defense? Yeah. Yeah, doesn't uh, win the well, Super Bowl. you want to know how rare it is. Uh, I saw a stat here that the Buffalo Bills coming or after this game, right, uh, uh, from uh, Sunday, have the number one offensive DVOA and the number one defensive DVOA. And it's the first time that that has happened since the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after week six of the 2003 season. That's how long it's been since we've had the same team be the number one ranked offensive and defensive DVOA metric. That was the Tampa over Raiders Super Bowl? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. So – Fez, the Broncos, I, I take it you you agree with me that they are a top-tier defense, right? Oh, absolutely. How do they – I mean, I'm going to give you Russell Wilson's stat line for the second half in overtime. Three of 11, 15 yards. That's it. No, I want the, I want the second half, not no, the No, that's the quarter. entire second half and overtime. <laughs> Three of 11, 15 yards. I mean, how is this team expected to win games? Uh, that's – they, like, they should be saying, hey, can we get Drew Locke back? Like, that's how bad it is. Now, let me ask you. Obviously, Russell Wilson doesn't look right. Is it injury? Is it age? You know, we talked about this a little last night. It seems like it could very well be injury. 
But doesn't it seem like every time Russell Wilson goes through a rough stretch, a magical injury pops up that he's been fighting through and he's been gutting it out? Yeah, it certainly makes sense, you know, a.k.a. Caddyshack when Rodney Dangerfield took the hit on his elbow. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's how it feels. And, I, again, I'm not calling him a faker. I'm not calling him a liar. I'm just saying it, it, it seems to work out that way quite often. Let me ask you, what's going on with the Bronco running game? Because They have none. They, they have none. Melvin Gordon, uh, next man up, he's, he's supposed to be the number one running back now. No, he's in the doghouse. To the day, fumbleitis, three mm-hmm. carries, eight yards. So, so, so there are other options here. Ladavius Murray wasn't he on a practice squad? He was so they signed him. He didn't play last week. Now he suits up and and he's the number one running back for them. So I've got a guy that's not even in the NFL that suddenly is is the Broncos' number one running back, <laughs> and I've got a quarterback that's like clearly not right at all. That's not a recipe for a team total over, is it? Now, no, no. This team is. Clearly not the Super Bowl favorite that everyone that bet them this offseason thought they were going to. Well, because let's face it. Ten season wins. Let's face it. If you had said take the Broncos team from last year and add in even an above average quarterback, people would have been over the moon for that team. Their season win number last year when it looked like there was a good chance that they were going to actually get a quarterback – Went from like seven and a half up to nine and a half mm-hmm. for a period of time when they thought maybe you know they, that they would have a home run signing. It is um, it's remarkable because I really think this team's a quarterback away. They just got the wrong one. Uh, yeah, and what's funny is they settled on Russell Wilson when they couldn't get Aaron Rodgers. Imagine how how much they'd hate themselves if they had Aaron Rodgers playing the way he's playing. Honestly, uh, but honestly, I I don't think that would have been the case because I think that this. Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson thing is actually affecting both teams Mm. because I think Aaron Rodgers maybe wanted to leave and wanted to keep his partnership with Nathaniel Hackett going on and doing that in Denver. And the fact that that deal never got done, we're not seeing the same Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. And the fact that they had to settle for Russell Wilson, learning now a Nathaniel Hackett system that was not built for him, it's not working. Well, directionally, I think we should give Denver's brass a lot of credit here because directionally they were correct to be looking at Seattle for a quarterback. They just got the wrong guy. Taking Geno Smith. Gino. <laughs> Would have cost you a lot less. A lot less. So here's the other question I've got for you, Fez. If I told you the Chargers were going to go through all the injuries, all, all those problems that they've had, but they were still going to be sitting here at 4-2 and two through six weeks – you're the Chargers. You take that, right? Yeah, it's you're happy about your record, but you're not happy about the way your team's playing and 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 sure. going forward. And and but but you know what? At some point, just having the good record winds up trumping everything. I mean, look no further. The year the Eagles won the Super Bowl, well, they wound up with home field advantage, and they got there with Foles. You and know? as much as people are talking about the the Chargers or what a massive disappointment. The, the Chargers might – they're either the third or the fourth best team in the AFC still. Which is crazy because you would think the way that the public has reacted to this team yeah. that they would be much worse, but you're right. It's, the, it's, it's, it's them or Ravens. It's, like, the, it's the Bills and Chiefs, one in, one in 1A. And, or, uh, let's give, I think it's one in two now. Yeah, let's give more respect to the Bills. So one in two, Bills and Chiefs. And then I would say it's the Ravens and then the Chargers. Fez, is there any team besides the Ravens that you would say is better than the Chargers in the AFC? 
Let me take a look. You know, I have Baltimore rated through the moon still. I got them three well, so points. Why? Because I got them I, three points better. Well, that's why. Well, that's I, what I'm saying. If I give you Baltimore. Three. And like, then since I got Cincy. Cincy better than the Chargers? I do have them better. Oh, I just don't see it with Cincy. I, I don't know. And, and, how, and di- here's how much the- different would, would your whole assessment be if the idiot you know, backup kicker for the Chargers doesn't make the field goal, which I didn't watch because I was working so much, um, and they, this game ended in a tie? How long was that final field goal? Oh, no, Dustin Hopkins kicked it. So oh. he, yeah, he was fine. I mean, he had the leg injury, but he still kicked. Like he, he was battled, he was fine. He yeah, battled, battled through, through it. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, you had it was to a start. thirty-nine yard, and he had kicked a bunch in the uh-huh. game, even with the banged but, up leg. But if he, but if he misses that, all and of the sudden game ends like, in a tie. Yeah, I feel I, we're, I would, we're throwing both teams under the bus. Yeah, I would have elevated the Bengals ahead of the Chargers. The Chargers were oh. three, two, and one. Now let's say three. let's say the Chargers. Let's say Justin Herbert doesn't get hurt in that Chiefs game, and the Chargers win that game by three instead of losing by three, and they're five and one with a win over the Chiefs. We're all going gaga over this. You team, know, this right? is the difficulty of NFL because there's only a 17 game schedule yeah. versus baseball. And in baseball, you got enough sample size to show who truly is the best team. Mm-hmm. The problem with baseball is even though you know who the best team is over the regular season, there's so much luck involved in any one baseball game. And that's why poor MLB, and I know you'll be talking about this later, ooh, all the good teams already in, in we the talked about it yesterday. National League taking their exits. Yeah. Well, playoff format's <laughs> not fair. Well, we won 111 games. We should get a bye to the World Series. Well, well, that's what that's what the WNBA did for for a period of time. You know, they had a double bye. Well, for, I mean, for a period of time where they put the, they put the two best teams into the semifinals. And now that you mention that, why wouldn't every league model their playoff format after the WNBA because it's been so successful? Well, guys, baseball baseball <laughs> that's what, baseball that's only used to have two pennant winners, okay? Go to the World Series, that's it. If you had the best there was no playoffs. If you had the best record in the, in the American League. It was, you won the pennant. It was like college football back in the day, the president decided who's going to be in the World <laughs> and Series. And I remember when they when they expanded this in the 70s where I grew up, and all of a sudden it was a big deal that you had this championship series, three out of five. It's three out of five. <laughs> they couldn't make that four out of seven? You know? R- ridiculous. And they eventually did. But to go back to your point about the, uh, the, the the football and the luck and and how it plays itself out over the course of 17 games, you mentioned how high you are on the Baltimore Ravens. I feel the same way. This team is a couple of fourth quarter collapses away from being 6-0. and Like, they're that good. They just... Don't play defense in the fourth quarter. You know, RJ brought up a good point that the two teams that seem to be much better in the first half than the second half are the Eagles mm-hmm. and, and the Ravens. And the Ravens. Yeah. What do those two teams have in Running common? quarterbacks. Running quarterbacks, quirky offenses that yep. the defenses take a while to adjust to. What is different about the two teams, if ever there is a team uniquely qualified to win close games, it would be the Baltimore Ravens. And yet... They seem to have a coach that loves to go for it Well, it, <laughs> instead of taking points. I, I think the, also the difference between both those teams is the Eagles' defense is better than the Ravens' defense. And so when, no the Eagles, when the Eagles have a lead in the second half, they rely on their pass rush and they rely on their defense and they they know that the opposing I, team's throwing and they just get after the quarterback and they play tremendous defense, whereas the Ravens' secondary just allows everyone to catch and score. Yeah, and this is where the ra- the difference between this year's Ravens and the years of Ravens' past was their defense was so much stronger three, four years ago that once they got a lead on you with that offense, the way they ran the ball, it was almost impossible to come back on them because they would they would control the ball and you couldn't move it on them. Yeah, uh, run out the clock, four-minute drill. And, and we always talked about, well, if – it, the the big knock on Lamar was well if they're ever behind playing from behind in a playoff game they're screwed and maybe they were, but now 
it's almost flipped to where no lead is safe with the Ravens, and that that's problematic, and that makes you worry about their their long term viability. I think anyway. So now let's get back to this Chargers team. Looking at where they are right now, they're six and a half point favorites next week at home against the Seahawks. Does that line up with your power ratings? My power ratings had it six before tonight, and okay. I've got to lower the Chargers. I think by half a point. So now I make I would have made it five and a half. So no, it does not. I so see, man. I, I like I just said, the Broncos might be the best defense in the league. So the the Chargers didn't go out there and like run over them, but they they won the game. Like I, I don't know. I, I I guess I'd argue when 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 you kick a field goal at the end of overtime, you didn't win. Yeah, I mean, you, you flipped a coin and you flipped a heads. Could have been a tails. I didn't see the end. Uh, to be fair, I did not see the end of the fourth quarter because I was taping some other stuff. So I cannot be sure, you know, I, I got to go back and rewatch the game. Now, okay. what if I told you that there is a trend with home favorites the week before their buy and they are covering at 66 percent, 58 and 30. Rams just covered right before their buy. Big Eagles, Eagles just covered. Yeah, at home right before their buy, and the Chargers next week will be a home favorite a week a great before their buy. So I I think it makes sense because what do we worry about complacency when we're a touchdown favorite or more? And what's a team that's not going to be complacent? The Chargers can't be a team. What well, team that's that's that doesn't ha- have an opponent they're looking ahead to? They they you could argue well they're complacent because they got the golf clubs packed, but and they're also not in first place. Yes, a- and they they're still. I mean, they, this was a close call for them. There's and they still got a lot of injuries. They they know it has to. They they still have to pull together for these things. And they know that it's the difference between having, if they take their craft seriously, a great vacation, and one that's mired with them thinking back with what ruined it. You know, and you don't want to be going in awful. And what's the funny, Gene Brandon Staley giving them the week off or saying. Guys, we're coming in and having a film session or a walk, a workout or something. I think he's not allowed to. <laughs> I, th- I think the, the the collective bargaining agreement says they have to have the five the days full off. Full bye week, yeah. yeah. So here's what I think: like, if the Chargers do take care of business against Seattle and have the bye week, and they're thinking over this bye week, all right, we're going to come back, we're going to be healthy, uh, we're five and two. That first game back, it's on the road at Atlanta. I could see them slipping up there. I wouldn't want to bet on the Chargers coming off the bye. Although road teams have done better off buys than home teams. That's true. It's a strange you'd, you'd trend. Ra- you'd rather be the road team coming off the bye. I could kind of focus, refocus yeah, you. Yeah, you're into, rested, and you don't have to worry about a short preparation time because I, you I have know whenever I go, time. I, I think about when I go on vacation, how like we come back, and I'm like a little groggy, you know, getting used to the, the bearings, and then we're, but we're still in vacation mode, and we'll play Risk the night before going to work, and then I just babble about like – the baseball and don't know what I'm talking about in June. <laughs> and I, I think with the with a team like the Chargers, as long as you've got a quarterback in the, you know, in the tier that Justin Herbert's in, you still feel like you're you're going to win more games than you're not. Like, and so far in his career, that hadn't necessarily been the case. But guys like that typically don't lose. Uh, you know, they, they 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 they're not losing quarterbacks. This is an aberration. That Herbert's done as poorly as he's done. Absolutely, these, these elite quarterbacks, for the most part, because no one will tell you Justin Herbert's not elite. 
Yes. But and, then they'll say, well, look yeah. at his record. How's, it, how's he elite if this is what he's doing? And so think about where they were last year and how it came down to the final week of the season. And now look at how important this game is, a winnable game before your bye. To improve to 5-2 and two is a huge difference in your playoff odds than being 4-3. and three. Let's talk about the Denver Broncos. They're going to have a home game against the Jets. So two teams going in opposite directions. They're going to get booed. They're going to lose that. Normally, we think Denver, nice home field advantage. They're going to lose to the Jets. There's going to be a lot of Jet fans in Denver, right? They're going to lose to the Jets. Give me the under. <laughs> give, me, give me the I don't know who's scoring in that game. Well, I actually like, I do like the under because the Broncos can't score. And the Jets have relied on their defense and their running game. The running game has taken so much pressure off Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson didn't have to do anything against the Green Bay Packers. Jets, the Jets draft, draft is really kicking butt. Isn't you know? that what we talked about, though, before yeah. the season when we gave out the Jets over the win total? But it's always hit or miss, whether these guys and then Sauce Gardner playing but out of his the mind. Point, and... the, point, the point that we were making, and I know I've said it several times, the Jets drafted four players that were going to have immediate impacts. And right now, Brees Hall and Sauce Gardner are the odds-on betting favorites for offensive and defensive rookie of the year. Now that's a stat. Think I don't even know when that's ever happened before. Can I can't even Mackenzie, can you think of a time that's ever happened before where the same team, the same draft had the offensive rookie of the year and the defensive rookie of the year? That could legitimately happen with the Jets this year. That's amazing. I'm a venture that's never happened before. I can't I can't imagine that's no. ever happened before. That a team has had the offensive and defensive rookie of the year in the same year. I, I think Alvin Kamara and Marshawn Lattimore were the same year. They won? I think they were. both won the same year, yeah. So I, 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 I would have to look it up. You're to fired. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? It, it, it's, it seems so unlikely. Of course, because how many times do you have how about this third round picks? Third round pick come out of nowhere to like win. Yeah. And Kamara was, I mean, he had a nice... Year Correct. T- 2017, Lattimore and Kamara. Yeah. Good, good call. Well, Lattimore was the first-round pick. Kamara yep. went later because Kamara was— But he was a, the immediate starter. Yep. But he really wasn't—he wasn't really, though. He split time with Ingram. Well, but he, he was emerged. so much better, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And he wasn't even thought of to be a big-time player because he was a cast-off at Alabama Which is for fun. having a great season at Tennessee and getting drafted. Which is funny because Brees Hall went into this season, everybody assumed that he would be the the B-side to Michael Carter. To Michael Carter, yeah. yeah. And, and now he just said, no, I'm the guy. He's the guy. Yeah. yeah. Fez, I want to ask you about some teams, and I want to ask you overrated or underrated. And these are all teams that, oh, I should say, overrated or properly rated because these are all teams that have a winning record at this point some would be some would say this is a surprise i want to know if you if this team is is being properly or improperly priced by the market and let's start with the new york jets at 4 and 2 uh, are the jets overrated or are they properly rated at this point i got to kind of look at what the point spreads are um properly rated okay uh are are the Indianapolis Colts properly rated or overrated? You know, I'm I'm kind of boring when it comes to this. It's very rare a team isn't properly rated. It's not 1995 I'll tell you anymore. where a team isn't properly rated. That's the New York Football Giants. They are not properly rated. They're three point dogs against the Jaguars this week. All right, I'm going to come over the top and disagree. Go right ahead. You've already we've already done this twice, Fez. I'll take it. It's not. It's not. It's not me. They, it opened to an F. So you can't say the you can't say you can say the betters are improperly rating this. You can't say the book, I think you can't say Vegas improperly rating it because you know what they made it to an F mm-hmm. 
and, what the, happened, money, the money, and the money it. poured in against the G-Men, now, whatever, against them. Whatever syndicate is betting against the Giants every week is having a terrible season. I'll tell you that much. They're struggling. They're struggling because the Giants are five and one eight. The last thing they got to worry about is running out of money, but it's getting yeah, it's getting to be a concern. But I yes. think it's it's every single week. Yep. Every, in in this, London, bet against them against the Packers. Bet against Baltimore. Them. Money came yeah. in on Baltimore. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Who's a better team, the Vikings or the Giants? Oh, the Vikings are a better team, and the Vikings are massively overrated. They are massively overrated. You think? Oh, uh, I I think no more phony a final than that game against. Um, Miami were they, oh, three and out on every series yeah, the entire yeah. game. What's funny <laughs> is Everyone. what's funny is like it, it, like watching that game. You never felt like the the Vikings were really in trouble of losing it, but they had a lot of things go their way early that put Miami out of it pretty early in the game. So it, it, I mean, the Vikings felt like it was a clean win, but if you look at the luck factors, it was anything I mean, this but. Is, this is a it was a sixteen ten game before the um, the fumble. Waddle's right, fumble. the Jalen Waddle fumble, and I, I, I'll go out. I'm, it's not really going out on a limb. The Dolphins were going in to score. Yeah, the Dolphins if, were going to win this. They game. were going to win this game if Waddle doesn't fumble the football. So he fumbles the football. Yeah, this is, all fumbles are not created equal. There's yeah. the strip sack fumble on second and twelve, mm-hmm. and then there's the first down fumble when you're like just just going into enemy ter- territory, yes. and and you're you're the, the drive and the defense is defense is gassed and it's yes. eighty four degrees. I want to ask you about one more game that's going to come up this weekend. It, get it, I want to get your early thoughts on it because I find this team right now to be unbettable. We just saw the Panthers not able to cover 10.5 against a, a Rams team that was not very good, let's just be honest. Now you're, you're getting 10.5 again against the Bucks. Is that enough points for you to be interested in the Panthers? Like, are the Panthers just like I'm going to wait and see until something changes? I'm going to wait. Uh, I because it feels like the sharp side will be the Panthers again, just, just like it was last week. You just well, you know, say the sharp side, the money side. All the time I hear, I hear, oh, sharp money on on Carolina. You know what? Just say money's on Carolina. Doesn't mean it's sharp mm. necessarily in any one game. And if you watch that game, Robbie Anderson fighting with his wide receivers coach. Now, now he's, he's out of town. Packed the bags for Arizona. He can say hello to Hopkins, and you know, see, we'll see what happens. AJ Green is he still on that team? He Not is for long. <laughs> um, the 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 bottom lines with Carolina is here's a team that clearly is a hundred percent dysfunctional. Steve Wilkes is a dead man walking, lame lame interim coach. You've got a situation where the best best player, Christian McCaffrey, makes a miracle broken tackle to add fifty yards, pads the stats. They get two hundred yards. The team does should have gotten one fifty. Um, still don't cover. This is a rare game. I don't upgrade the Rams at all. They covered. No, it's just Carolina being terrible. I downgrade Carolina point. And also, second-string quarterback? No. No. Uh, Darnell? Uh, uh, Sam Darnold not playing. Third-string quarterback? Matt Corral? Nope. No, Injured. No. Uh, uh, how about that P.J. Walker? Is No. No, he's out now. So so what, what is this? Eason? Jacob Eason. Fifth-string quarterback. When was the last time you saw an Shouldn't NFL team? Shouldn't they sign Josh Johnson? Isn't Here's, that what teams do? They, the, they, uh, they just bring in Josh Johnson. He plays for every team. McKenzie with some pregame <laughs> research here. Carolina quarterbacks year-to-date QBR. Baker Mayfield, 16. P.J. Walker, 6. Jacob Eason, 1. Is that 1 to, one to 20? That's a Ten combined average? Ten average? 23 QBR. Oh, the QBR average is like above 50. Oh, <laughs> oh, three guys combined for 23. So what you're saying is this is the get right spot for Tom Brady. Is this the, are the Panthers the worst team in the league by far? Like is it debatable yes. at this point? Oh, it's not debatable. Right now the Panthers I've got 9 points worse than an average team. 
three points clear. Of so Bears, Houston. Bears, Bears uh, minus three and a half on a neutral. Three, three, three. Bear, bear, okay. Bear, bear, bears are Houston minus three on a neutral. Houston's about to get a bump. Who'd you take? Who would you take? Oh, I take the Bears. You're gonna lay three with the Bears. I'd lay three with the Bears. Mm. Brave man. Unless it's on what's that Bermuda grass? The Bermuda no. off on the ground. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is uh, C.J. Stroud will be the quarterback in Carolina. It's looking year? that way. It's looking that way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what a uh, what a, a, a wild season or two. It's like I'm going to go on the limb that Carolina is not going to sign an aging veteran for quarterback. I don't think so. No. And it's it's really kind of a bad break for them that. Matt Corral got injured because now you don't even get to scratch your lottery ticket yeah. and see what Wasn't you got. Wasn't always with him. injured at Ole Miss, also. No, actually, no. He was pretty. He was a pretty. He got hurt before dude. the bowl game, or or he got hurt in the bowl game. Yeah, right? got yeah. knocked That's out of the I bowl remember. game. Yeah, but That's uh, what it was. but yeah, it's this is a, a disaster team. I I can't. I, what number would they have to post for you to be like, okay, I'll take like if it was Tampa minus. 13 and a half would you want Carolina or? oh sure I mean oh. if I get two if I get two extra points versus the market oh. I, I you know I I would bet the bad news bears without Kelly leak if I got enough runs don't do that who through six weeks have you upgraded the most right now let me see I'm gonna have to do a little um let me guess Atlanta Hat, well, or oh, Seattle or the Jets or Giants I've got well, a, I've so got Atlanta only upgrade upgraded three points uh, the Giants are only upgraded a point and a half. They're the worst five and and whatever they are, five and one in the, in the history of the planet. Parcel says you are what your record says you are. I've got Green Bay downgraded. Who do you think knows more Parcells about football? Wrong. Parcells or Fezzik? Parcells has no <laughs> idea what he's doing. Um, you know, it's interesting. I'm I'm a, just a pessimist at heart because I'm more likely to downgrade teams than to upgrade them. But uh, I do have Philly three points better. I've got Buffalo two and a half points better. Oh my god. Yeah. So on the high. What about end, Seattle? Jacksonville two and a half points better. Seattle's interesting. Seattle, I have point and a half better. Biggest downgrade. Biggest Green Bay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Four and a half. I was going to ask you what, how much have you downgraded Arizona? Oh, Carolina's a seven point oh downgrade. Oh my god. Well, that's a QB yeah, injury, yeah, I guess. But stuff. Uh, they can they can bring any of these okay. guys. Back. It's not going to matter. What about Arizona? Uh, Arizona's not going to have a big downgrade at all. They're um, just a one point downgrade with oh. Hop, with Hopkins coming back. Oh yeah. Let yeah. me talk to you about Green Bay, because you and RJ were tag teaming against me this past week on the Dream Pod. You guys wanted just in general, and all you do that's you know that Scott that that side and total guy. I, all he I does want, I want is to, win. Well, you got Philly, and who else? For what? All, the, all over in, in all our futures. You're, you're like right oh, across our, the board. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Philly's in Philly and the Giants. That's who. That's his. That's his portfolio. And Buffalo. And Buffalo. For, you yes. got Philly yeah. and Buffalo. I got Philly, Buffalo in, in our straight you draft. Win. And he's got the Vikings stashed away. In in our straight draft, I have Bills, Eagles, Giants, and then Dolphins, Browns, whatever. In our auction, I have Bills, Eagles, Vikings. You had me me at Bills. Bills and Eagles. Yeah, and the Eagles just was was the cherry on top. But but I I, I, I talked about this on yesterday's show. Maybe I didn't explain myself uh, well enough when I was arguing my point for the Jets against the Packers. And after watching that Jets game and seeing them win outright, I've I've figured out how to describe the Green Bay Packers and what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. They are soft. They are completely soft. And I saw a team get pushed around, bullied, and Robert Salah had the great post-game quote. He said, I told my team, just keep, Body blow, body blow, body blow, keep punching them, 
and we're going to take them down to deep water, and they're going to find out that they can't swim. And that's exactly what happened. The ribs. Don't let that bastard breathe. This is a soft football team. They are not playing with intensity. They are getting out-physicaled at the point of attack, and they just don't seem... I said something seemed wrong. The eye test was telling me that something seemed broken with this Packers team, and after watching that Jets game, I was just reaffirmed. This is not a team that is playing with the same intensity and desire that they've played with in the past. And I don't know what it is. Is it going 13-3 and three, three years in a row and having nothing to show for it? Is it Aaron Rodgers pending retirement? Is it Aaron Rodgers just being kooky? It, it, what is it? I don't know why, but it's undeniable this team is not giving the same type of effort that we've seen in the past. Aaron Rodgers does not inspire. Um, so... What was the Tom Cruise movie? Top Gun. <laughs> the sports Interview movie. with a vampire. It was a sports <laughs> Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire <laughs> is talking to the wide receiver, right? And he's like, you're a paycheck guy. You're just looking to get your paycheck. And that does not inspire people, man. I really man. wish would have said cocktail. <laughs> and the bottom line is, what was the one where he's the drug dealer and he flies the plane? Top Gun. American no, made. they American, <laughs> American made. American made. Yeah. I think that that's like the, the best. That's my favorite of them all. That that and, and risky business, which is like the about the, what about uh, Mission Impossible yeah. Four? <laughs> what about the new one that's coming? I don't know. Yeah. But that Aaron Rodgers does not inspire people. You know what? If you're winning, everything's good. But when you're losing, you are not inspired to. Play Aaron Rodgers believes in the power of positive thinking. Packers, you're not showing it. Yeah, right you, now, you show guys. me the Quan. You show me the Quan like you did when you're Sun Devil, and 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 I'll show you the wins, and then we'll show you the money. Packers five and a half point favorites at the Commanders with no Carson Wentz at quarterback. So that's probably a positive. So tonight, let it be Lowenstein. <laughs> no, tonight let it be Heineken because Heineke. I don't know if it's a downgrade, frankly. I think what it's an think? upgrade. I think. Yeah. Listen, if the Low and Commanders, brow. Low and brow. if the Commanders win that game, would you be surprised? Not at all. Not at all. And if they won with with Wentz, I'd be very surprised. And what's what the one thing about the Commanders as phony a win as you'll ever see six yard winning touchdown drive against the Bears. The Bears seemingly lived in the red zone that game. Nothing to show for it. Nothing. Zero. Nada. You lose. Good, Good day, day, sir. sir. All right, that is the great Steve Fezzik, the only two time Super Contest champion. He will join us again Thursday morning to preview Thursday night football, but here on a Tuesday morning, he recaps Monday night football. I we appreciate it. there'd be some chocolate this morning. Listen, what about I, the chocolate? I saw the tweet. It's in the break room. I saw the tweet. You're uh, Ooh, your, lead, I saw, your lead is I, narrowed. Yeah, we got, can, we, can, we, can we talk about this? You need let's, to be only water going forward. Let's talk about this now. I think it's come time that you have to hit the panic button, sir. Drastic measures must go into effect now. I'm having an emergency meeting at Denny's over the Grand Slam breakfast. Listen, no, no, no. you see you drinking that Diet Mountain Dew? You need to cut that out. It, well, to- it has zero calories. Doesn't it needs matter. to be water only. You? So the update, I lose if on any morning we weigh in at, at, at 6 a.m., about to do the weigh-in, that Todd Wishnev, big Todd, if he weighs less than I do, has to weigh less, he wins automatically. It's over. It's over. It's over. It's like Billy Cop in the World Series of oh Poker with the three and, five and of he, diamonds. He's gone. <laughs> Billy Cop is gone. It's over. And he was three pounds more than you yesterday. Someone tell Billy he can get up. He's drawing dead. Someone tell Fez if he if it, I'm 196. Big Todd is down from 300 to 199. 
three-pound lead, and my wife made me a really nice dinner. I ate half of it. Like a healthy dinner, but still a dinner, and put the other half in the garbage can. So here's what you need to do. So you weigh in at 6 a.m. So you got time now. You got to go hit up the sauna or get a, a couple. sauna? That's or, not healthy. Or get a couple of miles in, shed some water weight I'll before put the, the weigh-in. I'll do that. This way, when you weigh in, it'll be the lightest you're going to be of that day before you have any consume anything. Can he ask you for another weigh-in the same day? No, it's only one time. One a day. So yes. that that's the easiest thing to do. Listen, after I got to get a five, I got to get a five pound liter. I'm not safe. You after know, you, you weigh in, I need you to not drink anything but water. Eat nothing. Drink water until the next weigh in. Until the weigh in that's that's coming the up next in, 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 in two hours. The next no morning. tomorrow's. That's 26 hours. Yeah, yeah. Because I got to have I got to get a, back to a six pound lead. I'm right? saying, yep, yeah, you've got to get do at six least pound five lead. pounds. You need to have some separation, and yes. you need to start because that'll buy you about two weeks. You need to start filling your body with water. You know, screw this, screw this. Like, like, like living in fear. We're going full bore, naked and afraid. I'm at 196. When I hit 180, I, I'm at the finish line. As soon as I hit 180, then I'm safe. I just got to stay at one 185 or yeah. less, and it's a push. It's time to just say, you know what? Stop like sparring with them round after round and checking in weights. Just do it. Just yes. just shred the the sixteen off. Go to the sauna. Do whatever it takes, and get to the one eighty and punch the ticket. Right. Start water loading because you're going to want to make a big water cut. Soon. Get me the ice chips. All right. Thank you, Fez. We'll talk to you on Thursday. I might be in an agitated mood. Good luck. Thank you. <laughs> The Major League Baseball postseason resumes tonight, AJ, and we. Oh, have... we said that yesterday. What yeah. happened? Well, we have. Two... <laughs> we we're always going to have a game tonight because NLCS Game One between the Phillies and the Padres will take place at eight oh three Eastern Time. But we were supposed to have Game Five of the ALDS between the Yankees and the Guardians yesterday, after being delayed several hours because of the forecast. The game was postponed to tonight, and that benefits. The New York Yankees, because the Yankees. I was going to say the Houston Astros. Yeah, because now game one, game one is still on Wednesday of the right. American League Championship Series. So, but I, now I, we presume the Yankees are going to burn one of their better starters tonight, right? Yes, because the they Yankees were, they, will go with Nestor Cortez. It felt like yesterday it was Jamison Tyone. They were pitching Tyone because they kind of had to. Yes. Now they're pitching Cortez, who they feel better about. Mm-hmm. But that means they don't have Cortez for game one. Against the Astros. Yeah, well, they Cortez would never start game one anyway. Uh, I guess if they ended the series if they yesterday, ended it, yesterday. It, would have been, it would have been lined up that way. And the rest would have been there as well. So Cortez is pitching on a little bit of short rest, but he's not a power pitcher. He's not a guy that 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 throws you know particularly hard. He has a lot of deception in his release, in the different way he changes up his leg kicks and whatnot. And so 90 coming from Nestor Cortez sometimes seems like 94 or 95. So he does have the ability to get batters out. Plus, the Guardians are a very bad hitting team against left-handers. They're one of the worst batting teams in baseball against left-handers. So I do think the Yankees have the advantage here. But where the advantage comes into play is not just with Nestor Cortez because he's not going to go long. He's only going to go through the lineup maybe one time, and then the Yankees will utilize the bullpen. And because of the actual off day now yesterday, it's not just going to be Trevino and Loisaga, but now Clay Holmes is available again. Wandy Peralta is available to go up against the lefty in Naylor. So the Yankees will have – 
their full complement of arms available for them out of the bullpen here in Game 5. Now, we can say the same thing about the Guardians yeah, as well. It, but we could have said that same thing about the Guardians had they played yesterday. Mm-hmm. They didn't, and it gave the Yankees time to catch up with exactly. them. Exactly. So now, I was on the under yesterday at 7.5. I'm still on the under, and I actually even like it more because of this fact. It's not 7.5, though. It's at 7. I'll still play the under seven because I think this is go. I think runs are going to be at a premium here against both of these bullpens. I think the Yankees are going to go from Cortez, Trevino, Loizaga to Holmes, and I think that the Guardians will probably have Class A pitch maybe two plus innings, maybe three innings from the best closure in in Major League Baseball. I mean, you might as well, you know. Not leave any tread on the tires, and also they could they could go to a starter out of the bullpen as well. Uh, they're not going to go to Shane Bieber. There there's question marks about that. People thought they would throw Shane Bieber here on short rest, but looks like they're going to hold him for the possible game one of uh, of the ALCS if it gets there. But could they get some you know some stuff out of Plezak? Could they, could they get innings out of, uh, you know, Karen Karinchek and, and, and Morgan? And I think that both bullpens, everything's on the table. An elimination game runs at a premium. Give me the under tonight, Yankees and Guardians. This afternoon, you mean? Because, well, 407. Yeah, because yeah. tonight it's Phillies Padres. And I know you've said every, every time you've happened, had an opportunity – Phillies at a dog price, I'll take it. Every is time. That, is that what you're doing again here? Every time. Phillies at a dog price every time. And with Zach Wheeler, all due respect to you, Darvish. Uh, Who's been great this postseason, great. by the way. Credit where it's due. Absolutely great. Give me Zach Wheeler at, at, at an underdog price. Phillies plus 105, plus 110. I think the Phillies are going to the World Series. It's not j- and And I said this on yesterday's show when I looked at the series price. The series price doesn't appeal to me because it's only plus 105. I'd rather just bet the Phillies in every game because if they're going to be plus 105 or plus 110 on the road here in game one with their ace on the hill in Wheeler, what's it going to be when it's Aaron Nola, you know, uh, uh, and whoever the Padres decide to have in game two, what's that price going to be? Blake Snell, Aaron Nola? Maybe Nola's a favorite on the road, but probably not. It's probably going to be similarly priced to what it is today. Then the Phillies will likely be favored in Game Three. Ranger Suarez against Musgrove, but it's going to be a short price. Is this shiny ear Musgrove or shiny regular ear. ear Musgrove? And then Game Four on Saturday, depending on where both teams want to go with their pitching. I'm just saying, if you like the Phillies, you're and same thing with the Padres. You're better off playing each individual game as opposed to the short price on the series because it's not an attractive. Uh, it's not an attractive. Um, you know, plus money cash. It's not like you're getting plus two fifty on on the series price. All right, we we talked about this a little bit yesterday. I think who the winner of this series is the team that that is able to come off their emotional high better because both these teams it felt like they they won their World Series. Like, yeah, you know, but I, I think the Padres had more of an emotional high than the Phillies. Well, I, I, I'm excited for this series. I uh, I don't know. I, I guess if if it's Astros Yankees, I, I can I'm certainly going to be able to find some excitement there. I don't know if I'll be charged up for Astros Guardians if that's the way it goes. No, but this Padres Phillies series is very intriguing to me as a, a casual baseball observer. Uh, the fact that it's not Dodgers Braves, I know everybody's peeved about that, 
it, to me, it makes it interesting. Yankees, Phillies. That's Re- where, rematch of 2008. I don't think the Yankees are beating the Astros. <laughs> I, I don't think they are. I, I think it, every, I, I know everyone likes to hate the Astros. They, they want to stay mad at them, but this team just keeps finding ways to do it. it. It's unbelievable that this team has been to six straight now ALCSs. That, that is, I mean, that's 90s Yankees stuff right mm-hmm. there. It, it's not easy to do. Uh, all right, so we'll finally get some baseball today and settle this once and for all. Who's going to face the Astros? Oh, boy. It's also opening day. Do they call it opening day? Opening night? Opening night. I don't know what. It's what, called. No, it's called tip off. Yeah, but what's the, it's a pun. You get it? Because the season tips start, off. Because they start every game with a tip off. I get that. I don't, what do they call the uh, the first day of the regular season? They call it NBA jump ball. <laughs> That's dumb. <laughs> they can't call it that. What do they call it, McKenzie? I think they call it tip-off night. It's okay. tip-off. All right, it's, it's tip-off tip night. All right. Uh, we've got two on the uh, schedule tonight, Philly and Boston, Lakers and Warriors. One of those games feels like it could be competitive. One feels like it might get real ugly. Uh, but we do have uh, – we happen to keep him on staff here, an NBA expert, because I certainly am not one. Uh, Scott Seinberg certainly is not one. Mackenzie Rivers, though, is. You get two points for a basket, right? You do get two, unless it's from behind the stripe, uh, and then it's three, like the, uh, or, the big arc stripe. But it's three. one if it's behind the line the straight nobody line? can defend you. Yeah, the straight line's a one. Got player. it. Uh, McKenzie, what are we seeing tonight? Uh, is, is there something more in this Lakers-Warriors matchup than what I'm seeing as a, a casual, or is it just we wanted to have LeBron versus the Warriors on opening night? Are the Lakers going to be better this year than they have been? And is Philly-Boston as competitive of a matchup as it seems? I'll start with Lakers-Warriors. I mean, come on. This is the title favorites, the Lakers. What are you talking Oh, that was last year. They were yeah, that was last favorites. year. Exact same team. Now the team that was expected to finish first in the West is expected to finish seventh. And a team that not many people expected to contend won the championship are laying six and a half points. The line seems about right to me. The Lakers are a lot better on paper than they were last year. When are they going to make that transition? During the preseason, they experimented with Westbrook off the bench. That sounds exciting to me. That sounds like exactly the way you want to do it, except they lost that preseason game by like 50, 60 points. And <laughs> it looked like Darvin Ham was about to quit in the middle of it. So uh, that's a good one to watch. I'm uh, more interested from a betting perspective in the Sixers-Celtics. You mentioned it. Very competitive game, and it's increasingly so. When this line opened up over the summer, the Celtics were six-point favorites. Now they're two-point favorites. Ooh. Home court in the NBA is about two points. Even teams? Yes. The market is very bullish on Philadelphia right now and arguably bearish on Boston adjusting to a new coach. Lots of money, not only in this this game, but the Sixers' season win has jumped up from 50 to 52 over the last week. How much is Ime Udoka's absence like affecting the perception of the Celtics? I mean, I, I guess the NBA feels like one of those leagues where – it's nice to have a good coach, but unless it's like Phil Jackson, maybe Greg Popovich, although we're seeing now Greg Popovich, when he's got crummy groceries, it, he's just a guy too. Like it, it, this is, It's a player's league. How much of an adjustment's been made with Udoka's suspension? I mean, suspension? The, this game one market has moved drastically, you know, four and a half points. I'm not sure how much of that is bullish Sixers, bearish Celtics, but I'll say this about teams in general losing their coach. Steve Kerr, I think everyone would agree, one of the best coaches in the league. He left the 16 Warriors. They won 70 games that year. He had a back injury, couldn't play. 
Luke Walton had to be there for more than two-thirds of the season. It didn't really matter. I think in the NBA, it's about establishing a culture, establishing a system, a belief that players can buy into. Day-to-day, I'm not sure the coaching matters that much. Now we have a question. Are the Celtics as bought into that same culture, that same defensive belief that got them to the finals last year? Or without the captain there, without the guy that directed them, do they kind of slip in that intensity? It's going to be something to watch. I kind of think, especially early in the season, after a long, grueling season last year, they're going to be more of the latter. They're going to be slipping and not as intense, not as tight as they were at the end of last season. So you surprised that it was just sliding in the assistant, Joe Mazzula, to take over with the Celtics? And then it wasn't like Brad Stevens coming back from the front office to coach the team again? Believe me, they asked him. They asked him if he wanted to do it. It didn't seem like he wanted to do it. And I'm not saying believe me like I know for a fact, but hearing his response, he wanted no part of that. I think it was just because it was so late in the process. It was late summer. I don't think anyone expected this. I mean, they knew about the relationship. They didn't know the details that would come out or not exactly come out, but, you know, come to light. I think this is just the best they could do in short short notice. Yeah, because Brad Stevens, I I still stand by Brad Stevens is one of the five best basketball coaches in the world, and he's not even a basketball coach anymore. It's very odd to me, but well, you could say the same about Pat Riley. It's true. Yeah, Brad although Stevens, I don't. By I, the way, fifty five percent ATS for his career. He didn't have to retire for basketball reasons. Excellent coach. So, uh, McKenzie, do you have a best bet on tonight's game? Start, uh, tip off night. Do you have something for the people here? Yes, let's go underdog winner. The Philadelphia 76ers money line. In general, you look at finals losers. How do they do in game one last 10 years? Three winners, seven losers. They have other ambitions. There's other things in their mind that they're trying to uh, encapsulate. The Sixers, on the other hand, they got embarrassed last year in the playoffs. They want to come out with a statement. I think talent-wise, this is about even teams. I think the Sixers in this spot are more ready to go win it. Well, and the Sixers, unlike probably a week from now, are healthy. So they've got that going for them. It's I, I, I don't disagree with this. It feels like the time. And Joel Embiid was at the uh, the, the the Eagles game. Oh well, so was On Mike Sunday Trout. Night. He didn't have a playoff game to go to. <laughs> <laughs> no, no big deal. No one was going to point that out. Of course. All right, that's Mackenzie Rivers. Uh, and if you want more from McKenzie, well, you'll get some more here. If you want all of Mackenzie Rivers NBA plays, Mackenzie, where could they go to get that? Go to pregame.com. Check me out. There you go. Yeah, I mean, this guy was a big winner last year. 56%? 57%. I see what you try to do there. I like that. I yeah. see what you try to do there. To That's my new uh, marketing technique. It's like, <laughs> hey, fifty because 56% people would be like, what? That's great. And you're like, no, no, friend. <laughs> That's 57 So Sixers, Celtics, Celtics, uh, two-point favorites, total 216 and a half. Lakers, Warriors, Warriors laying six, total of 225. The NBA tips off. Tonight, let's set the stage for what's coming up tonight in the NHL. And we have a few games on the schedule, starting with the Blue Jackets hosting the Canucks. Columbus, minus 120 with a total of six. Both teams are 0-3 on the season. The Ducks visit the Devils in New Jersey, second out of a back-to-back for Anaheim. They lost in Madison Square Garden against the Rangers last night. Tonight, they are heavily underdog priced. The Devils minus 190, total of six. The Bruins also playing the second out of a back-to-back. They are in Ottawa against the Senators. Ottawa minus 115, total of six. Bruins are undefeated. Ottawa is 0-2, yet the Senators are favored. Tells you something there. 
Flyers are at the Lightning. Tampa Bay minus 292 with a total of six. You got the Sharks at the Islanders. New York minus 205, total of five and a half. The Golden Knights visit the Flames. Battle of two unbeaten teams. Calgary minus 160, total of six and a half. Sabres at the Oilers. Edmonton minus 267, total of six and a half. And the Kings visit the Predators. Nashville minus 160 with a total of six. A couple of trends that I want to point out early on here in the NHL season, AJ. Favorites of minus 200 or greater early on this season are 13 and 3 straight up. Favorites of minus 200 or more, 13 and 3. Well, I know yesterday, straight up. yesterday we talked about the the uh, the Maple Leafs and the massive line they were lining. minus 550. They lost. Oh, that's, that's one of the three. That's one of the three. And here's another interesting one. Favorites versus teams playing on the second night of a back-to-back. Those teams are 8-2 and two straight up. So you look at a team like uh, Ottawa that has favored minus 115 against the Bruins. I think it's Ottawa. Ottawa? Ottawa. Ottawa? That's how they say it. Ottawa. Ottawa. And then you look at the Devils, minus 190 against the Ducks. Uh, you know, the, the um, Blue Jackets are favored against the Canucks. And, and the Blue Jackets are one of the worst teams in hockey right now, but they're favored against the Canucks. So looking at these teams, trying to take advantage of teams playing the second night of a back-to-back and also understand that the teams that are heavily favored are heavily favored for a reason. But no, I would never recommend laying 550 on a team. If anything, we joked about it last night. We should have. We should have just bet it. Taking Arizona at plus three fifty, plus four hundred in some places. Boy, it would have been a nice scared money don't make cash. money. Scared money don't make money, but I ain't laying minus five fifty ever. Sorry, no thanks. Uh, speaking of the NHL season, uh, we are off to an eight and one start betting the NHL. If you want to jump on board for an NHL season package, just go to pregame.com, and if you do so. I'm going to give you 20% off. Use the promo code SOVAM20. Get 20% off any package at pregame.com, whether it's my NHL season-long package, whether it's McKenzie's NBA package. Again, 56%, right, McKenzie? Uh, close, 57%. Okay, yeah. Uh, I was even better than I thought. Yeah, I was listening to what AJ <laughs> said. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and AJ's got his UFC, college football, and so much more. Biggest you, card of the year coming up with UFC this week. Ooh, do we get a little teaser? How about Friday Friday. morning? We'll have some Friday Friday morning, morning, no doubt. All right, we love that. Uh, So jump on board, get any of those packages at pregame.com, and we will give you 20% off using the promo code SOVAM20. Thanks again for listening, and do yourself a favor. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Simply search Straight Out of Vegas AM on your favorite podcast player. Leave a little rating and review as well. And, and if you're listening to this on the Dream Preview feed, oh, you're not. <laughs> it's, you're, we're not there now. So you're one of the few and the proud who have made the switch. So do us this favor. Tell your friends to make the switch too because they're going to tweet at us tomorrow. They're going to tweet at us the next day. Oh, I had a couple people tweet Oh, yeah. Where, where's the morning. pod? Yeah. Well, I'm, I've been listening every day. Well, if you've listened every day, friend, you know... We told you it was a limited time. We were going to be on the Dream Preview feed. Now you got to go find Straight Out of Vegas AM. That's where you're finding us. Absolutely. So enjoy the Major League Baseball postseason games, the NHL slate, NBA season tip off. It's the convergence, it's happening. 
we're going to have uh, – there's got to be a sports equinox coming up soon, right? Like an on eclipse. One of, these, one of these Sundays where an we're going to have all four eclipse, at the same time. Yeah. It might actually be this Sunday. Uh, yeah. We have a sports equinox. For McKenzie – I think it will be the Bears playing the Broncos on that day, and nothing else will be, will be viewable except that match. I'm Scott. We are straight out of Vegas. AM. Have a great Tuesday.